This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Ron Garney, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 40 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, the best gosh darn co-host out there, Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob. That that almost sounded a little bit like I, I tell my son frequently that he is the best son I have. Uh, and of course okay, you're my only one. co-host, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Any attention is good attention, and I'll take Bob, it. Bob, I had a different <laughs> hello prepared. Because <laughs> I don't know if the listeners have caught on yet, but I try to do a different hello to you every single episode. And sometimes... Sometimes I don't, I don't know what to say. And there's a little pause. But it's, it's, you can't see it, folks. But I can see the wheel. I can see the wheels turning. I see a little bit of a little bit of uh, steam coming out the ear sockets. Uh, so yeah, my face turning red. <laughs> All right. All right. So this one, this hello, because I sometimes try to tie it in with you know what we're going to be talking about in the episode. But this one, you ready for it? I'm ready. Hello. <laughs> I gotta tell you, that sounded like you just got kicked in the nethers, man. <laughs> oh, come on, you know who that was supposed to be. I I don't, I don't know. No, right, hold on, let me try again. All right, all right <clears throat> do it again. Hello, Bob. <laughs> I still have no idea. Oh man, this is gonna be really bad today. Well, <laughs> if anybody was listening to episode thirty-eight, where uh, where the uh, Captain America got his uniform stripped by the president of the United States. Oh. <laughs> How could I have missed it? I, I was trying. Oh, Come on. It was context. Context is everything. Right? <clears throat> and, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I don't know if, if, if this is, if, if we're maintaining the mystery, the magic no, of, of no. production values, but I haven't talked to you for a couple of weeks, Rick. So oh, that's true. You know, so yeah, uh, yeah that's like long in my rear view mirror. Well, Bob, <laughs> that makes me very sad. <laughs> All right. That was my Bill Clinton. Sorry. Right, it was bad. Good. I know it was bad. It I was got bad. a little clue. A little, you, you honed me in. So yeah. it's good. It just took a little bit of a hint. All right. So listen, if you are just tuning in and you're like, hey, it's episode 40, this is a great place to start. First of all, what are you thinking? Uh, but you can, because all of our episodes are evergreen. I mean, like you can just come in and just listen to any episode. Rarely do they continue. Eh, but this case it did. Right. So if you go back a couple of weeks to episode 38, we covered the first part 
of this story, Man Without a Country, which takes place in Captain America Volume 1 issues. And we covered 449, which is not part of the story, but then 450 and 451, which are parts one and two of Man Without a Country. Um, then we, uh, we took a little break with episode 39 by interviewing uh, the artist, Ron Garney. So that was... That was a real good episode, so you need to go back and listen to that. Um, and today, we're going to be finishing off Man Without a Country, which uh, is issues 452, 453, and 454, which also finishes volume one of the series. So as I said, if you haven't listened to episode 38, you may want to go back and do that first. And then, uh, But if you have, we're going to finish this story. And you know what, Bob? You know what I forgot to mention when we were covering this last time? Uh, what? <laughs> you're you're on pins and needles again. I am. I am. You you you, you caught my attention there, squirrel. Well, I forgot to mention that uh, Man Without a Country, uh, in 1997, was actually up for an Eisner Award for a best serialized story. Uh, so for Mark Wade and Ron Garney and Scott Koblish. Um, so they were up for an award for this, this story. So this, this is a really good story. And, and a lot of people thought so as well. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and it's topical, right? I mean, uh, as, as you just reminded me, uh, it's got the president of the United States in it. So I, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those, I'm a, I'm a, I, I know this is a very sensitive subject for a lot of folks, Rick. Uh, but I'm one of those guys who likes to collect, uh, in addition to Captain America comics, I collect comics of a political genre. Oh. So any, any, particularly real life political figures. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to have covers or, you know, variant covers or stories that have mm -hmm. political figures in them. Like I like Dr. that Doom. stuff. Yeah, like Dr. Doom. Yeah, you know, yeah. president of, uh, head of states of other countries like Latvia. Is it Latvia? I thought it was Latveria. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a hard, it's like I have a hard time saying peculiar. So uh, I got that one out. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I like that stuff. So uh, that's one of the things I liked about this uh, particular uh, arc was uh, it's topical. It has real life characters in it. And I enjoy that. Yeah. So yeah, that was, um, we'll be getting into that shortly. So there's a few things to cover because we got a lot going on, Bob. Um, so one of the things, if you, if, uh, if you haven't heard yet on our Facebook page uh, and you really need to get to our Facebook page, right? I mean, we're, we got 4,000 Captain America fans, and we get more coming all the time, and uh, we get more uh, comic creators all the time. You, you know, recently, uh, we just had uh, legendary artist Bob Hall join the Facebook group, uh, and Bob, you know, he's he's been a, a, a artist for, uh, over the course of decades um, for Marvel and DC and Valiant. Um, he, he's no stranger to Captain America because he, he drew him uh, as part of the Avengers in the 1980s. And then he did do that Captain America special one shot, which was the 1990 movie adaptation. Uh, and the comic came out in 1992. So he, he, he drew that as well. So it's cool. I mean, like we get these guys that, the, uh, that joined the Facebook page. So if you haven't checked it out, you, you need to go. Just go to Facebook. Do a search for Captain America comic book fans and you will see the group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a real treat. Uh, in addition to all the great guys and gals in the group uh, to have sort of access to uh, the insights of the creators. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's icing on the cake. 
Yes. So one of the things that uh, we announced uh, on the Facebook group is uh, we have a new website. It's, uh, I know. And uh, in case uh, you didn't know the name of it, it's uh, Captain America comic book fans.com. And so you can go there uh, and what you'll find on there is all of our podcasts. Uh, So it's a great place to go and, and, um, and listen to them. Uh, it's kind of set up as like a blog format, right? So that you can see the the most recent podcasts, but they're, they're all listed there and you can listen on there as well if you'd like. Um, and then there's other things, you know, there's links and things to, to other, other platforms that we have. Um, there's a way for you to, uh, to become a patron and donate to, uh, to our podcast, which we would be very grateful because, uh, Hey, now we have the expense of a, of a website. So, uh, and we're 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 putting together some cool prizes for um, our patrons. Uh, and uh, so, for the four of you out there, <laughs> that you, you're going to get some cool stuff coming your way. And uh, and if you if you also uh, become a patron. Uh, anytime soon, you're going to be put on that list as well. And let's face it, it's the price of a comic book a month and you get your four or five podcasts. So, yeah. um, you know, do what you can. But in the meantime, if, if you can't, we understand. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you leaving reviews um, and subscribing and doing all that fun stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the money's great, but uh, but we also want to hear from you. Yeah, so it's true. Please, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can. Um, in, in any of our podcasts, there is a um, a a link where you can go and you can leave a recorded message up to a minute. And so, so Bob, I've had this idea that I want to do for an upcoming episode, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and I want to run it by it, and you tell me what you think. But I'm thinking that we could do a listener um, call-in show uh, for like a Q and A where listeners could call in, leave a message, or, or they could go on our Facebook page and uh, post a message, um, or they could, you know, ping us or whatever. Uh, and just, we, we had the whole episode. All we do is answer questions uh, that the, that the listeners give us. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Like, like what's, what's the best Doughboy story, right? Oh, well, Bob, I'm going to, I know somebody's going to ask that. Someone is going to ask that one. I know it. Yeah. Yeah, And so, and so these are not going to be questions like, we're not Google, right? I mean, this isn't this isn't going to be, hey, who created this, you know, or whatever. No, no, no you could Google that. No, we're talking yeah. questions like, um, uh, what's your favorite non-Captain America costume that Steve's worn? Mm, nice. And why? Why, Rick? Well, we always give a why, Bob. We're, yeah. we're not shy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's true. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a potentially a lot of interesting, thought-provoking controversial dare i say questions i got a controversial one for you ready (laughs) are you ready yes all right so at the end of volume four okay uh i think it was 32 issues at the end of volume four there was like a four star four issue story arc written by robert kirkman of the walking dead fame and invincible fame and it was during uh, uh, the Avengers disassembled story. And so in the very last panel of the last issue of volume four, there was, there was a, the issue had Diamondback in it and, and Cap hadn't seen Diamondback in years. And at the end, he says, maybe we should go get a room. So the question could be, 
do you really think Captain Diamondback did the nasty? At- <laughs> no, no. I'm sure he just wanted to debrief her. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But like, ask us questions like that. Yeah. You know, have fun with yeah. it. Yeah, so it's, it's, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. All right, that's an upcoming episode. Then. Yeah, but we need we need questions. So leave us a voice message or or leave us a or post something on the Facebook page. Um, so today's July tenth, and out right now, uh, on the shelves is the United States of Captain America number one. So Bob, that's that's what our next episode is going to be. So. Episode 41. I know we usually talk about this at the end, but I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, we, we've covered some newer comics, but not something that was currently on the shelf. Uh, so uh, this will be the first time we're, we're getting something new. So that'll be coming out um, next episode, uh, episode 41. We're going to cover the United States of Captain America number one. I'm excited about that. And, uh, and, you know, and of course I think the listeners know that we're recording this a little bit early and uh you know, I just found out today that the Joe Jusco variant through Clan McDonald Comics is uh, has arrived at uh, their warehouse and they're getting ready to ship. So I am like, ah, ha, ha, I can't wait to have that in my hands. Cool. Nice. I like a Joe Jusco. Um, oh, guess what happened uh, for me last week, Bob? Um, I was a guest on another podcast. <gasps> well, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, right? I'm sure you had a good. I'm sure you had a good reason. I I I, I did stray, Bob. Yes. Uh, no. There's a there's a new podcast out there called My Journey into Mystery uh, Across the Bifrost, and it's uh it's by a uh, uh, a guy by the name of Ryan Doze. Nice guy. Uh, he reached out to me. So it's a Thor podcast, like what right. we do for Captain America. He's doing for Thor. It's like an alternate universe. I, I, that sounds interesting, actually. Yeah. So uh, he this came out on um, Monday, July 2nd. And the the topic that we covered was Thor issue 390. And uh, you want to take mm-hmm. a stab at what uh, happened in issue yeah. Thor 390? That's a classic, man. It is. I, I, I actually have I have that up uh, on my display here. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so for those listening who may not know, um, that was the very first time that uh, Steve picked up uh, Mjolnir, uh, Thor's hammer. And so uh, so, he, you know, he covered that issue and we talked and he, uh, you know, basically the conversation was what makes Steve worthy. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it was a good conversation. So wow. I, I, I suggest you all check that out. Uh, it's my journey into mystery across the Bifrost uh, and, and you can find it on, um, you know, uh, Spotify and, and Anchor and other, uh, other podcast performers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. One, because I can't, uh, I'm interested in, in hearing uh, your response. But second, I just want to check out the vibe between you and uh, Roger. Is that what you said? Roger. Okay. Are you jealous? <laughs> no, why would I be jealous, Rick? There's no reason to be jealous. Uh, I'm telling you, he means nothing to me, Bob. <laughs> Strictly business, I'm sure. Okay. I thought of you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, Let's folks. get to Captain yeah. America, Man Without a Country. Uh, this is 452. 
which had a cover date of June 10th, 1996. Uh, so let's get to it. Um, yeah, before I, I'm going to back up here just in case, you know, it hasn't been a couple of weeks since the last podcast uh, where we covered the, the, the previous story. I'm going to do a recap Good of idea. Uh, yeah. parts one and two of man without a country. Uh, and I'm going to go to uh, marvel.fandom.com there. They're, they have a great place there to uh, that, that recaps all the comics. Uh, so the, the first part of the story, which is written by Mark Wade, uh, penciled by Ron Garney, inked by Scott Koblish, colorist. Uh, uh, we got John Caliz and Malibu color um, letterer, John Costanza and editor Ralph Macchio. Um, so, the name of the first part was uh, executive action. And so Sharon Carter, she's been reluctantly staying with Steve Rogers at his Brooklyn Heights apartment. And she had nowhere else to go because um, um, she's on the run from shield basically. So uh, these government agents uh, burst in the apartment. So she, she makes a break for it. Um, and she regrets her decision to stay in one place too long. However, it turns out the agents weren't there for her, but they were there for Steve who's under arrest on treason charges. Uh, and they have no idea the man they're arresting as Captain America until they find his costume. So Cap's brought to the Oval Office to answer directly to the president for breaking into a government facility alongside the Red Skull during the Cube Cult affair. Now, we covered that, uh, right, Bob? We covered yeah, sure that. Uh, that was uh, way back in um, episode 15, and we covered that story. I was uh, Captain America 445 to 448. It was Operation Rebirth. That's basically Wade and Garney's first story arc. Uh, so check that out if you want to get that story. Um, so now, because of what happened in that story, he's brought before the president on treason. Um, so on top of that, Machine Smith had recently turned up in the European province of Moldavia, causing an international incident with a top-secret weapon that evidence suggests Captain America to be the source of the leak of its specifications. So Cap can't prove that the Red Skull and his cohorts were setting him up because Red Skull is supposed to be dead. So he has no choice but to accept the president's verdict that he is be stripped of his shield, his costume, and his citizenship. So Steve's put on a plane to London. When he arrives, he's surprised by the appearance of Sharon, who had tailed him there. Uh, and is offering to help him in spite of her earlier attitude. And she's been giving him a lot of attitude. So Steve declares that he's going to hunt down Machine Smith to clear his name. And Sharon agrees to help. So that was issue 450. So in 451, uh, which has uh, the same creative team, the title to this story is called Plan A. Uh, in London, Sharon Carter provides a sullen Steve Rogers with a new non-branded costume, an energy shield, and a cover identity so that they can begin their mission to Moldavia. Uh, later, on a train through the European countryside, they compare notes and figure out that Machine Smith must have gained the secret of the Argus Canna by electronically tapping into Steve's unconscious mind while his body was recovering at the Red Skull's base. Their trip is interrupted by an attack from Machine Smith's cyborg operatives. You know, and I failed to recognize that. I didn't know they were cyborgs. I thought they were robots. I thought they were synthesoids. I don't know. I was talking yeah. in a robot voice. Yeah, yeah. Those are, uh, you know, 
let's they're all different, right? I mean, uh, I think uh, I, I saw I saw a, a post last week differentiating between uh, cyborgs, robots, and synthesoids, and I guess androids. Is that the same difference between uh, nerds, geeks, and dweebs? <laughs> There's a fine distinction between all three. Do you know uh, the difference, Bob? I I don't. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I'm see, sure you'll tell me. Oh, I'm I'm about to. <laughs> see, for me, all right, I'm a geek. But I'm not a nerd okay. or dweeb, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. A geek is someone who uh, is really, really like excited about a particular thing. Like I am with comic books. Okay. Right. Fair so enough. it's a uh, a passion, if you okay. will, about something. You know, right? A, a super uh, intense uh, interest. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you you could be and a I geek get, about that. And I guess you can use that as a verb too, right? Geeking oh, out over something. Uh, exactly. Okay. Uh, whereas a a nerd is somebody who uh, really doesn't have any social skills. Okay, so I'm a nerd. <laughs> Bob, you're not a nerd. <laughs> I got it. Okay. You're well, not a nerd. I, I am embracing it, Rick. Oh, good for you. Well, no, yeah, no. Somebody who wouldn't have any social skills. You know, they okay. tend to. Uh, uh, I mean, they, they could have an interest in, in, in the same like a geek, but but the geek has social skills. They're just maybe a little over the top about a particular subject. All right. Whereas a nerd, yeah, lack of social skills. Okay. You know? Whereas a dweeb is both. Okay. All right. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Really, I'm really, I'm really straddling that line, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... After the skirmish on the top of the train, Steve and Sharon shake them by leaping off near an American Air Force base, where after more regrettable fighting through American soldiers, they manage to steal a jet to get them the rest of the way to Moldavia. What Sharon doesn't realize until it's too late is that Steve's plan to find the Argus cannon involves flying directly into its range until it shoots them out of the sky. It's a plan. Yeah, it's a plan. That's plan A. Yeah. Plan B, see plan A. Yeah. Yes. All right, and here we are. So we're going to go ahead and kick off issue 452. And you know what the title of this one is? Plan B. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not kidding. It really is. It is, yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So we start. Ooh, we started with kissy moment. Um, you're gonna ignore this cover because this cover oh, is oh gosh, Bob, I'm losing it, man. Yeah, somebody posted this cover. What was it? You who posted this cover? Oh, uh, yeah, weeks I think ago I did. Yeah, because yeah. it because yeah. a lot of comments. Well, it was on. a daily flashback, it's a June, it's a June right. cover, okay? Yeah, yeah. but it, it's a cool cover because, um, it almost looks like a, it's like a photo sky in the background. Uh, yes. you know, blue, it looks like a sunset, pinkish blue background, pinkish clouds um and it's got a uh at the top um a black background with a yellow captain america logo on top of it and and i also would point out that uh the corner logo is a photo of a captain america shield yeah that's pretty cool i think it is pretty cool yeah. yeah i was disappointed that ron garney didn't have his own corner logo during this run uh, he, he, you know, he made up for it in, uh, in volume three where he got one, but he didn't have one here. Yeah. Um, but what's in the sky? Well, 
it's Sharon Carter in her tight black leather outfit that Bob likes, uh, strapped to a, uh, a cockpit um, ejected uh, seat. And she's strapped in. Um, and then here's the man without a country garbed Steve Rogers uh, grabbing onto this as they're tumbling out of the sky upside down. Pretty cool cover. It is. It's uh, it's it's jarring to me. It's jarring. Uh, it it is. It's uh, a little bit avant garde. I think you know the angularness of of how it's drawn, particularly like Sharon's hair. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, it there's a little experimental stuff going on here. Man. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it is eye catching. <clears throat> All right. So we uh, we open up, and there's. Steve and in his Captain America costume uh, with Sharon in her black costume and they are embracing and kissing and her hair is huge and it's flowing everywhere. It's an old fantasy, one she hates, one she's tried to ditch but just can't. He's at her side once more. They rekindle the fire they once knew. And then here's here are the two of them in a battle fighting against Hydra. And then it cuts to on top of like a, a mountainscape and he's got his arms around her in a cloak. And she says, wind, so cold. I'm freezing. Steve, I, Steve, hello. Do you care? Hello. And he's just looking off while holding her. And it says, and it just makes her nauseous. Not so much the symbolism, but, what, but that even when she snaps awake, she can't escape the image of him. And then it cuts to her waking up from this dream and she questions Steve. And then she looks and there's this nice double page splash of Steve in his man without a country uh, uniform, just, and, and just diving down, right? Like head first, his arms by his side. And he's, he's, you know, just shooting down through the sky. And, uh, and, and for those who don't remember, um, his man without a country costume is basically looks like his captain America costume, except, um, it's just dark blue with nothing on it. Now he's got his red gloves and his red boots. And then for his mask, it's almost like he's got like a do rag wrapped around his top half of his head. A little uh, bit of like, with, a, it's a little bit of a Zorro thing going on. You know, that's a great, that's a great call out. Yeah. Totally a Zorro type of, of, of look and this is like one of those examples uh you know for listeners if you haven't listened to it yet go back and listen to the to the garney interview because he talks about perspectives like he's always mm-hmm. challenging himself to uh try new perspectives of the camera and this is one of those where it's just cr- it's a crazy perspective right and and uh and he also talks about the double page splashes how he enjoyed doing them and he, and, and it was like a like a music beat right it was like page 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 double page splash boom you know um and uh so here's one of those boom moments and he's got the stubble bob loves yeah yeah that's why i didn't shave tonight just <clears throat> just so i mean i could you know in sapatico <laughs> he's not a traitor to the u.s no matter what the president might have thought when he took his costume away in fact in exile Rogers and Sharon Carter have journeyed half the world to clear his name. Until now, they've been traveling horizontally, 
And apparently, uh, do you know, with the art, you could see that Sharon's chair, which is upside down, and she's going to the ground head first, is spinning as it would while it's in the air. And Steve is trying to understand the motion and he's thinking to himself spin 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 get the rhythm spin but when a ground to air missile took out their f-15 it came time to improvise spin three two one now and he grabs hold of of um sharon's chair and then just then he uh um, he's trying to 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 make it um, uh, stand up straight again, and and so Sharon's yelling. She's like, "Steve, what? Where? About fifteen thousand feet above Moldavia." We ejected. My chute opened. Yours, and he flips behind her, and he grabs hold of the the lever. Didn't. And so Sharon's upside down. And she's like, so you ditched yours to come after me? Gambling that mine's loaded? That'll even work? For God's sake, who are you trying to impress? Are you crazy? And then he has a, um, this photon shield uh, comes out of his wrist uh, because he doesn't have his shield anymore. So he, he activates that and he says, no. And he uses the shield to break open the back of her thing so that the uh, parachute comes out. And then it jerks them, but he manages to hang on. And he says, just loyal. There you go. What do you think of that? What do you think of that uh, opening scene there? I mean, just uh, just the, the, the acrobatics of, of, you know, I can almost feel the wind right. rushing past uh, Steve Stubble. I can almost hear the James Bond. Dun, 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 dun. You know, you know, as he's as he's doing all this in the sky. Yeah. You know, and Sharon, I mean, I don't want to use a, a bad word here, but what an ingrate. Right. I mean, right. yeah. You know, she's like, who are you trying all to impress? Right. You're crazy. Right. Simmer down, like, lady. I'm just loyal. So she says, here's an idea. Why don't you wait to unbuckle me until we hit the ground? As he's unbuckling her, he says, trust me. And then they jump off. She's on his back. The ride's not over yet. And he grabs onto a branch, onto a tree, does a somersault and lands while the the um, the parachute and the uh, chair land into a frozen lake and crash through and go into the water. So he says, there, the frozen lake plays nicely for us. Once the chair sinks and ice is over, our pursuers won't know exactly where we landed. That may buy us buy us some time. Come on, it's getting dark. We'd better find shelter. So they're in a cave in a snowy area. And uh, she says, Rogers, what happened to Steve? How can you think about sleeping? And she's standing there. Uh, and he's putting together, uh, trying to find a, an area for them to rest. According to the coordinates we obtained, we have a long way to go, and we're both exhausted. If we're going to find Machine Smith, and with him the anti-aircraft weapon the president thinks I sold to Moldavia, we're going to need all our energy. So he looks at her and puts out his hand. Cold night. We'll stay warmer if we pull our body temperatures and sleep side by side. Agreed? 
Apparently she doesn't agree because Apparently she's on the not. other side of the cave. Yeah. So some time uh, goes by or she, she kind of gives him a look uh, and then she, she, she's dreaming again. And this is a cool, cool little art. You know, I, I love seeing Cap on the motorcycle. I love yeah. how Ron Garney draws Cap on a motorcycle. And so she's on the back. She's firing at the Jeep that's pursuing them in the jungle. And she's, uh, it says, despite herself, she sleeps. Despite herself, she dreams. And then we cut to uh, uh, somebody with a, a green glove, uh, grab, you know, just caressing her face. She says, Steve, I, I have missed you. I, and then she opens her eyes, and there are four Moldavian uh, soldiers standing over her with weapons. And so she crouches, and she gets up, and she attacks, and she yells, Rogers! And she pulls a gun from the guy's holster, and she's kicking, and she's firing. Moldavian troops, like, I need, like, I need this aggravation. May as well give him a moving target. She, she's running and they're being fired at. She's lousy vanishing act, Rogers. But then a good magician never repeats his tricks. My back's to the wall. I need you. And where are you? And Steve comes pulling up in a, in a jeep, military jeep. Where'd you go? You bailed on me. Right here. Get in. Now, why did you say that? Because I knew you could take care of yourself? I went to find transportation. Dig around. See if there's anything in here that'll help us. Not really. Looks like they left the anti-machine smith ray in the other Jeep. Hey, are, are these uniforms? Coordinates indicate that the Argus cannon is here, somewhere behind this checkpoint. You ready? And so they're, they're pulling up uh, to an army base that has uh, gates. Uh, there's soldiers there. And um, she says, this will not work. Now, currently, they're wearing Moldavian... Uh, gear, right? So they, they're trying to pull, pull, pull the, come across as a uh, Moldavian soldiers, and um, so she she gets her gun and she cocks it, and he says, "Can't you ever be positive? Sure, this positively will not work. I don't remember you. I don't remember asking you to reload. New plan. I don't trust us to firefight our way past these maroons. Not this time." When you hear the bang, floor it. So she puts her gun up like she's about to, to shoot the, uh, the soldier that's just standing there. And Cap says, what? And he points the gun up into the, uh, the air. And he says, no. So she fires. And then he pulls over. He says, what's wrong? Uh, she says, he says, what is wrong with you? You took deliberate aim. Well, duh, the Moldavians are our enemies, remember? What? That's not the way American troops act? Well, you're not an American anymore, remember? That's not the point. And thank you. No killing. I wasn't going to kill. Oh, for all right. We've only got one chance to recover from this mess. While they're still confused, hit me hard. And Cap obliges and he knocks her real hard uh, over the Jeep. So she lands where the uh, soldiers are running towards. And they're like, Dasta? Dasta Femme? And Cap looks at his at his fist. I don't think he enjoyed that at all. And so she starts putting on the act. She's she's sniffing. Help me, please. Bad man herded me. Come 
come closer. And they, they're bending over to her. And she's like, that's good. And she starts hitting them. And she's like, look this way, boys. SFM. Harman. Aha. And they, they see that uh, Cap's making a run for it. But he's got his photon shield up. And they're firing at him. And he's like, great. Did I ask her to sacrifice herself? Hold him off, Sharon. I'll come back for you. I promise. But first... And he's running towards the uh, Argus cannon. So she's like, he ran off alone? Surely there are guards. Is he nuts? So she's taking care of all the guards, and she's running uh, after him. Steve? Steve, wait up. Almost there. Too bad for the cannon. It's built to last, but it's one of the only men alive who knows its design specs. I also know it's weak spots. And he takes the, the uh, photon shield, and he hits the weak spot which causes a huge explosion. And um, uh, uh, so Sharon's like calling out Steve. And, and Bob, this is like a double page spread, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is really cool. I like the, um, the sound effect, the letterer put here, which is like the boom, but it's at an angle, right? Yeah. It's like a really cool... Um, special effect um and sharon looks very concerned and she then she yells steve as he's flying through the air on fire um and he lands unconscious and he's on his back and she comes up steve can you hear me you did it now get up steve and he's out so she starts giving him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation come on i'm not going to lose you steve not after all this not again and then this point Steve's awake, or maybe he's been awake this whole time. And he grabs her head as, as her, her mouth is on his. And it looks like she wants to kiss him, but then she knocks him and hits him for a loop. And he's like, what? What? She says, no spark. Imagine my surprise. That's what. And he says, and this is my fault because, because I'm a simp. Because I've had this dream of, ah, oh, never mind. Look out, incoming. And there's a, a, a grenade that's thrown in, in front of him. She's like, oh, thank God. Run, we've got to, and there's a big, poof, and it's like, a, a, what do they call those, um, stun grenades? Yeah, that's well, it's a, no, yeah, I don't know, maybe a gas grenade or something. It looks like it's uh, some, sort of, uh, some sort of agent, gaseous agent. Yes. So they can't breathe and they're coughing and then um, they wake up tied to chairs and they're watching some screens and there's a story. We bring you this morning's lead story live from the scene with the threat of war looming. The president of the United States has agreed to meet with Moldavian delegates in hopes of averting an international conflict over the use of the Argus cannon. We now take you to Camp David where... Well, look who's up, Machine Smith. That's me. Who was chasing who, eh? I've been hot on your trail since your little Washington fallout. If it's any consolation, I'll admit you threw me by actually destroying the Argus. That means I have to work fast if I want to maximize this whole threat of war gambit. What are you talking about? Oh, we'll get there. Kudos to the Maldavians for letting me use their country as a base. And in a few short hours, they'll be meeting the president, shaking hands with him, 
imagine? What are you up to? I thought you'd been neutered. Weren't you serving Tony Stark as his assistant? And what he's um, referring to here is um, in Iron Man issues 320 through 325, uh, Machine Smith was appearing um, as Tony Stark's brainwashed assistant. Um, so that's that's what they're uh, referring to here. And so Machine Smith says, funny thing about that, and he, and he flips this coin. Now, if you recall in a uh, the last episode or the previous episode, um, he was flipping a coin. And Cap says, never mind, save it for the jury. And he breaks his, his uh, binds and he comes right after, uh, at Machine Smith, and he's holding him by his shirt. No, no, you want to hear this. It all plays in. Punch out that this frail robot body, if you will, but it'll do you no good. Don't forget that I can leap my conscience into any electric form. And as he's saying each word, uh, each Machine Smith that's been sitting at a chair console is saying it. So he can just zap around as 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 if, as if, whenever he wants. That's how I could be in more than one place. Stark had an errant part of me, but I've since reclaimed it. No doubt you've surmised that I spent sent all of my. No doubt you've surmised that I sent all of me through your brain to pick out the specs of the Argus cannon. Oh, that's the least of it. Ting, and he keeps flipping the coin. And he flips it to um, one of the guys at the, the console. Helicarrier? And uh, the guy puts the coin in a slot and says, done. Remote control codes. Operate. And then we cut to, on the, uh, the screen, the helicarrier. And you can hear them inside the helicarrier because it's bugged. And it says, what, the, what happened to the... And Machine Smith says... The shield helicarrier. This is a view from a drone camera. Let's go inside, shall we? What do you mean we've lost all systems? Holy mother of how do we navigate? Navigation computers suddenly set their own course. Red alert, red alert. We've lost all control. Where are the system codes? Where are they? Right here. And he's holding the coin. But you know that, don't you, Rogers? When I went through your mind, I didn't stop at Argus Secrets. I picked every single shred of knowledge out of your brain and micro-coded it onto this coin. Everything? And Cap looks shocked. Everything you know right here, from helicarrier access codes to secret White House entrances to Avengers priorities to Hawkeye's shoe size. Everything. Repeat, all on board, systems have been overridden. We're completely out of control. And then all these machines uh, all jump on, on Steve. Just think about all the havoc I can wreck. Oh, the possibilities. And then we see the helicarrier uh, from the screen is flying towards a mountain. And we're headed directly for Mount Hood. Oh, I know that look. You're thinking trying to figure out a way to stop it. Well, I'd love to stick around to see what miracle you pull out of your hat, but I can't. I have to leave now. I have a special delivery. 
And then we cut to live from Camp David. And there is Machine Smith uh, there in Camp David wearing a suit and sunglasses. And uh, it cuts to him saying, for the president. He's sure to get a bang out of it. Dun, dun, dun. To be concluded. That's some compelling stuff, Rick. And I like the uh, the red beard that Machine Smith has as his disguise there at Camp David. <laughs> yes, he no longer has just the uh, the bushy eyebrows and the sideburns. Yeah, he blends right in. Mm-hmm. Although he's still bald. I mean, look, talking as a bald man right now, got to tell you, if I'm going to have a fake human body, I'm putting hair on it. <laughs> He's proud, man. He's wearing proud. That's I don't know. All. Where where are my where are my ball brothers out there, right? You know, I mean, look, like, you know, I uh, look, man. He's got he's got a machine body, man. You know, think of the maintenance, right? All the PM. That's one less thing he's got to worry about. Uh huh. So, yeah. Then his know? fake hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, fake hair needs to be cared for and combed too, buddy. So uh-huh. that's one less thing. Oh, are you speaking from experience there, Bob? Well, yeah, there was a time when uh, I have, I've had my head shaved a few times. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right, so here we are at 4.53. And uh, this, this one's called To All Things and Ending. And this is the end of Man Without a Country. But don't, don't fret. We do have one more issue after that because that's the last of uh, Volume 1. All right, so cool cover. Again, Use of Blacks like the last uh, issue, um, Black Borders, that is. Uh, and it's a background of flames. Um, and it's Captain America um, in his uh, costume. So he's he's in a Captain America costume and he's holding his shield uh, and he's being, there's all these men around him. Uh, and it looks like maybe Secret Service. Um, and Cap's in shadow, so you only see his red eyes. You don't see anything else. Um, but what's really standing out is the star on his chest, the star on the shield, and the A on his mask. So this is all about symbolism here. Although what is up with that shield, Rick? Yeah, it almost, yeah, it, it, it is a little lumpy. Um, you know, this this cover almost looks like, uh, it totally looks like Mike Bagnola to me. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a right. different style, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and by the way, talking of, of different styles, um, this particular issue does have a different artist, um, a guy by the name of uh, Pino Rinaldi. I'm not, I'm not familiar with him. Um, so he did the first nine pages, and then we have Ron Garney and, and Scott Koblish uh, finishing it up. Uh, although Scott inked the whole thing, um, but the, what we're used to seeing is Garney and, and Koblish. Um, they did uh, pages 10 through 22. So that's why the, uh, this is going to be a little bit different than um, at least the first nine pages as far as the style is concerned. All right. So the massive flying fortress called the Helicare is the heart of the S.H.I.E.L.D. espionage network. It houses thousands of the world's best intelligence operatives and will continue to do so for the next four minutes. So it looks like we've got uh, Dum Dum Dugan um, on the uh, on the horn. 
and he's also yelling to uh, the people who are uh, on the the bridge. And he says, what do you mean we're out of control? It's the navigation system, Director Dugan. It's been completely overridden by an outside code, and now we're on a crash course. Impossible. No amount of computer hacking should be able to penetrate. This wasn't hacking. Clearly, someone knows access codes that give them full command over all shield systems. And my God, I can't take that command back in time to dodge Mount Hood. Estimated time until impact, three minutes and count. And then all this is being shown on screens. Um, and then at the very end here, we see uh, Steve kicking the screen. And it says, Steve Rogers knows where that code came from. They came from him. And were enacted by his enemy, Machine Smith who ripped from Roger's brain every one of the hundreds of American military secrets entrusted to him for use against him. Framed for treason, for leaking those secrets, the man once known as Captain America now watches in horror from half a world away as the helicarrier plunges towards destruction. Fortunately, he has a plan. Man Without a Country, Chapter 4, Executive Action. And he's busting up all of the... Uh, of the machines while Sharon is uh, on a console trying to, to type in stuff. Sharon, how's it coming? I'm about to re I've about regained control about, but it's going to be close. Everything, you know, including how to defend these codes has been microscribed on machines with gold coin. There's still a chance I can hack around it though. And you machine Smith thinks he's locked us in his bunker. Maybe not. I figured there had to be some room behind the monitor wall to allow for relays and wiring and some kind of access tunnel. And here it is. I need you to handle the helicarrier. I have a presidential assassination to stop. You're going home? I thought you were banned in the USA. Uh, can you call in the Avengers? Identicard's deactivated. This still has one use. And every second counts. There's one way. Then find it. Win or lose, shield's in my hands. Go. I'll be back for you, Sharon. Yeah, right. Old Lang Syne, Rogers. See you in another five. Move, Rogers. Get out of Moldavia. Now he's crawling through the tunnel. Even now, the president's on his way to Camp David, with no idea the machine smith's posing as a Moldavian delegate, waiting for his chance to, to kill him? As much as he taunted me with that possibility, assassination isn't machine smith's style. No, he wants something else. But what? So he finds the end of the tunnel and he pops out. As I suspected, there's a hatch under all the snow. Machine Smith back door. Easy out, now due east. So he starts running across the snow. Karen's back at the uh, access uh, trying to, to put that in and she can't. She's like, what? I, I thought I had it. Not one evacuation procedure that can clear the decks this fast. Impact in two minutes. Uh-uh. If Rogers can find a back door, all personal brace for collision, <laughs> then I can too. Easy, Bob. Uh, the suspense is killing me, Rick. <clears throat> You've been around, girl. <laughs> Remember everything you've picked up over the years. <laughs> you had to do a lot to survive, Rick. It's not a laugh. It's not a laughing matter. 30 seconds from Sitwell 
Remember Sitwell? Oh, indeed. indeed. You know Sitwell, yeah. Yeah. Turned out to be a Hydra agent. Um, from Micro, from Ultron, almost there. One last shot. You know who Micro is, right? I don't recall Micro. Micro was the short one-time partner of the Punisher. Huh. He was a computer genius. Huh. And then um, apparently she did it because in the last second, they're able to uh, to get control back to the uh, helicarrier and miss the mountain. We're free and clear, people. I don't know what miracle that was, but we've got some angel of mercy looking out for us. She's like, if you only knew. So now we're uh, it's dawn. So Cap's been running all night, and he's standing in the snow, and there's a uh, a little video camera sticking out of the snow. And Cap puts his hand in front of it. And what's what's he showing? His Avengers Priority Identicard. Full security clearance. And he's like, open sesame. No human guards? Shame. I wish they were here to witness this. After all, it's not often you see a man in his right mind walk freely into Latveria. Uh, or as Bob likes to call it, Laveria. <laughs> And now, now okay. here. So, right. what's going on with Fabio here? Why, why does he have his pants, his boots, his glove, his mask? Everything is fine, except for his torso. He's got just enough shirt hanging on his tops of his shoulders, so he's he's showing his back and uh, front. Yeah, it does. It does have a bit of a, a Fabio feel. Yeah. Uh, so there we have. Um, Dr. Doom's castle. Silence. Not even the sounds of birds chirping. I'm sure they need permission. And the people, they almost shake with fear of those who serve under the most merciless dictator of all time. They live each day having to suffer the knowledge that they've been stripped of their most basic human rights and liberties. I know just how they feel. And then um, Dr. Doom's robot guards come up. Come with us, outsider. Gladly. I wish to talk with your master. In Latveria, one does not request an audience. One becomes one. And so they grab him by the arms and they fly up to the castle. And there's Dr. Doom. All right. I got to figure out my Dr. Doom voice. Oh, I can't wait for this. Pressure's on, buddy. Captain America. Or so I presume. Your Avengers ID no longer does you justice. Don't tell me you finally come to your senses and disavowed the stars and stripes. Are you done? Good. The clock is ticking, so let me lay this out for you. A war's about to erupt between the U.S. and your neighboring country. This cannot be good for Latveria. And what's bad for Latveria is bad for Dr. Doom. Congratulations. You've trudged 50 miles to tell me what I already know. I'm well aware of the Moldavian situation, Captain. I do keep an eye on the world. Why would I care about your advice? What would you have me do about this? Send me in to clean it up. Your diplomatic immunity can afford me quick re-entry into U.S. airspace. I'm not anxious to take help from you, but seeing as how I'm not having much luck getting an outside line from a live area to Avengers Mansion... I have no choice but to allow you to help me. 
Dr. Doom turns away from him. Cap says, what? Nothing. I'm amused by your use of the word allow. No more than that. Given our history, Captain, coming to me seems an unusually desperate gambit. I saw where you recently partnered with the Skull. Surely you weathered enough grief the last time you allowed yourself with a sworn enemy, and he spins the globe. That's right there. Hardly the point. The life of the President of the United States is at stake. If I don't save him, we both lose. And frankly, I've lost enough lately. Nothing of real importance, I'm sure. And Cap takes the globe and he's, he smacks it and, and shatters on the ground. Don't talk to me like I'm a bug. A world upheaval of this magnitude could throw even you off balance. And Cap just stands there staring at Dr. Doom eye to eye. And Dr. Doom then pivots and walks away. And as he's walking, he says, My private airship will be at your disposal in 10 minutes. I'll see that everything you need will be aboard. Everything. No need to report back. I'll know you failed when tomorrow's sky is filled with bombs. So here we are, Camp David. And um, we have an introduction going on. Mr. President, may I introduce you? The Moldavian Delegation. Gentlemen, thank you for coming. We must strike an accord, and quickly. I doubt your country truly wants to be at war with the United States of America. Let's take this inside. And then we see the machine smith walking up to uh, a, a uh, soldier who's got a handcuffed briefcase. Say there, soldier, what's in the briefcase? And the um, Secret Service comes up. Sir, and you are Secret Service. I'll have to ask you to step away from this man. And he puts his hand on his shoulder. But someone comes up behind him. And just as he says, what he carries is none of your biz. His neck gets snapped. Crack. The guy behind him is one of the machine smith's cyborgs. Wrong. But that guy gets shot in the back. Boom, boom, boom. And he falls. And... um Machine Smith looks up and he says, Secret Service snipers. What's going on? Medelvians are attacking. To be expected. And he opens up his wrist, and in coming out of his forearm are two turrets, and they're firing up at the um, snipers, and they take them out. But then these helicopters start coming in, and they're, Attention, you're in our sights. Lay down your weapons and surrender. And they're firing. Uh, all all of the Moldavian um, delegate are these cyborgs that are firing up. Surrender, given the time and effort it took to cloak robots into this place? I hardly think so. And he's they take out the helicopters. Now then, where were we? Ah, uh, yes. And he uh, zaps the uh, the briefcase off of the uh, the wrist. What's in here? Oh, but we both know, don't we? It accompanies the president at all times. And the president right now is being um, held. The communications satellite workstation, known in military parlance as the football, the device in which the leader of the free world controls the launch codes for America's nuclear arsenal. World War III in a briefcase. And this, gentlemen, is what it's been all about. Building the Argus Cannon, 
baiting the U.S. into near war, goading the president into a face-to-face meeting. It was all to get this and get it open so that the nuclear Armageddon, the ultimate triumph of machine over man, can begin. Once I learned the activation code that only you know, Mr. President. And I could pick that up like so. And he, he, there's a ray coming from the machine smith's head going into the president's head. And he and machine smith's struggling. And he says, got it. Your brain just like leaping into any electric device it hurts, but I can do it. It, 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 that. That's what that's what you did to Captain America. Absolutely. He didn't p- p- betray any secrets. I just p- p- pulled them out of his head like that. But but thanks for playing our g- g- game. Now sh- shut him up while I r- r- recover. And coming out of the wreckage of the flames is Captain America. Again, with shadows over his face, over his torso. So it's more of the symbol than Steve Rogers. And you see the white star. You see the shield. You see the A on his on his mask. Impos- impossible! Open fire! Open fire! And this next big splash is cap with his shield charging forward again with his face in shadow and in in the last episode ron when we were talking about ron he he talked about this a lot he talked about the importance he felt of the symbolism and that in some cases he just wanted the symbolism to stand out more than the man mm-hmm. and um he's been doing that a lot yeah this is i mean this is a beautiful image it's quite the look of determination on Cap's face. Mr. President, stay down. Got here just in time. Feel awkward wearing this imitation suit, but the non-Cap clothes were in rags, and Doom saw to it that this was provided. What a sense of humor. Guess some people refuse to realize that this outfit is a one-of-a-kind. And then that shield that you, you commented on, um, mm-hmm. on the cover. Uh, that's because it wasn't the real shield, right? It's a fake shield and it's all beat up now. Still enough metal on this sh- shield to cave in your robot skull, Machine Smith. Go ahead, Captain. For all the good it will do. Click. And his head and his body goes limp. Machine Smith. Too late. He's beamed his consciousness out again. Mr. President, look around. Is he in another robot? No sign of him, Rogers. Where could he have gone? I have no... And he looks down at the briefcase. And it goes, bip, bip, bip. Good God. The football. He's in the football. And Cap grabs it. And he starts running. And he takes it. And he throws it at um, a, a gas canister, which is near a fire. Which erupts the gas canister and blows it up. And there's this huge fireball. And the president puts his hand up at first to kind of shield his face. But then it turns into a salute. And from the fire, 
you see Captain America saluting back. Was it a good salute, Bob? Uh, the presidents or caps? Either. Well, uh, no, the presidents was not a good salute, but caps was spot on. Nice. So, so, and for those uh, listeners who don't don't know the whole story about Bob and his uh, his thing about salutes, so Bob spent twenty five years as a Marine. Bob knows a good salute when he sees one, and he hates a bad salute when he sees one. So uh, I'm a bit obsessive. I do obsess about it. I, I recognize it's a weakness, but it's all right. It's a good weakness. It's yeah, fine. It's <laughs> all right. Thank you, Rick. So we cut to um, we cut to the uh, the White House. And it's uh, the next day. And um, uh, we got the president speaking to Captain American in the Oval Office. And no evidence of Machine Smith has yet surfaced. Maybe he's gone for good. Maybe not. But that's a problem for another day. And he's standing behind uh, his desk. Right now, all I'm interested in is an apology. Mine. Captain, on behalf of this office and this nation, I want you to know I'm sorry. I guess I've learned the hard way, no matter the evidence. A good man doesn't doubt the word of Captain America. And Cap's standing there, and he says, Apology accepted, sir. Thank you for having faith in me once more. Now and forever, consider your record cleared. And one more thing, and he reaches behind the desk, and he grabs his shield. I believe this belongs to you. May I be my guest? And he puts it, he holds the shield as Cap would. And he has a smile on his face. But then he hands it back and says, like holding Babe Ruth's bat. Rogers, Steve, we'll put you through, we've put you through hell and back. For what must be the thousandth time, this country thanks you for service above and beyond. Don't thank me, sir. It comes with the job. And he puts the shield on his back. And he smiles. And the two shake hands. And from this angle, looking down onto the uh, Oval Office um, uh, carpet, which is the sign of, the, of the, the eagle symbol. And Cap says, as he's shaking his hand, and I wouldn't have it any other way. The end. Nice, nice. Another great, another great and uh, very unique camera angle uh, from Ron. Yep. All right, let's get to the last uh, issue here. This is not only the last issue of the Ron Garney and Mark Wade run, but this is the last issue to volume one of Captain America. And it seems odd that we're ending on an issue like a number 454. And we'll, we'll talk more about that some other day. But uh, but this is the last one. And on the cover, we have um, it says farewell to a living legend. And we have um, Steve Rogers in his Captain America uniform with uh, the shield on his right hand. Um, and he's got his left knee up and his foot on a hill uh, and his left arm holding an American flag, which is flapping in the wind. And there seems to be uh, some sort of destruction there that he's holding. Uh, it high. And again, the shadow is on his face. So the focus is on the icon. And uh, what about the shield, Rick? The shield and the uh, the logo box. It's in black and white. Yeah. It's a good, yeah, it's a good, uh, good call out there. It, it is, it's that photo of the realistic 
of the real shields, um, but it is. It's a, kind of a black and white photo um, to, I guess, um, you know, depict the fact that this is it is the uh, this is the end. It's almost like a a mourning band that uh, you know you'd wear on your on your arm in uniform. And we will talk more about that another episode. Ba-ba. All right. So this is um, this is uh, this cover date is August 1996, and we are. Um, uh, where are we? What, what country are we in right now? Uh, it's in a fa- we're in a fake country. Yeah. Is this is is this the this isn't what the is it Sing Thang or something like that? Okay. Yeah. They don't tell us yet. All right. So we're, we're in an Asian country. Um, and there's, a inside a, uh, a, a restaurant called club Yankee and there's Sharon Carter. And she says, hello, Hong Fan. lost a little weight. And she's, uh, she's got her, her black costume, skin tight costume on, but she's, she's got a, uh, a, looks like a, you know, I don't know, a brown leather jacket, uh, over top of it. Uh, with the sleeves rolled up a little bit, right? Because it is, uh, it is mm-hmm. night, it yeah. is 1998 or 97. Yeah. Um, and so you've got this uh, overweight, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what, some sort of military um, officer. And he's sitting at a table and he's slurping on, looks like his third milkshake and eating a pie. And uh, there are soldiers with guns trained on her. And he says, I am on a diet. I only eat the heads of those who mock me. It is almost a pleasure to see you again, Sharon Carter. I am told you wish to represent me with an item of great military value. What am I looking at? Computer storage on a molecular level, a simple gold coin, and on it, every scrap of knowledge and information contained in the brain of Captain America. However, I don't deal with you. I only speak to Tapquai's ruler, X-12. X-12 is a myth, a ridiculous Yankee phantasm given life by Western paranoia. And I'm the Easter Bunny. Bring him out. So there's this, um, looks like a young guy, right? right? In his 20s, early 20s, mid 20s. Mm-hmm. And he comes out, he's wearing a Georgetown sweatshirt and he's wearing jeans, ripped jeans. And uh, you would never know. He says, very well, Miss Carter. I am here. And I'm admittedly curious about this coin. How did you come by it again? Boosted it from Machine Smith Moldavian bunker after Captain America left me there to rot. Coming to you with this coin is my payback. You know, you can trust me. Everyone's aware that I have no allegiance to the U.S., that I'm on the outs with the spy guys and shield. Think about it. Machine Smith used Cap's knowledge to all but destroy the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier and attempt a presidential assassination. I can just imagine the use someone with a creative imagination could put it to. If I can just show you. And she's reaching. And um, the, uh, the kid pulls up a um, taser. He says, slowly, Carter. No false moves. See this taser? It could take out a platoon. You, it will turn to dust. Tell me what you wish in exchange for this bauble. A high commission in your army. In other words, sanctuary in Tapquai. Ha! That's it? A good deal all around. 
I cannot believe this is all you desire. Let me examine the coin. Bring it closer. Gladly. And she's reaching for a knife behind her back. I salute your bargaining tactics, Carter. I'll leave it to my men to finalize the deal. And so one of the guys is about to shoot her in the back of the head, but we hear an engine roaring. And coming through is Cap on a motorcycle, and he says, no sale. Now, this is a double-page splash that is, if you take the comic, which you normally would look at um, vertically, and you take it on its side and put it horizontal. Am I, am I saying that right? No. no. No, normally the two the two pages next to each other are horizontal. But if you take the two pages and you flip them vertically, that's the double page splash of cap on a motorcycle breaking through glass. What do you think of this image, Bob? That I mean, that's pretty spectacular right there. And it's a clever, it's a clever use of space and uh and the fact that it it requires you to turn the book is, is really, really neato. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this. Um, I saw this, somebody had the original art for this. I saw this the last couple of months. Uh, he wasn't let, letting it go anytime soon. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, I would love this. This is a great piece of art. Um, and it's the same creative team as we did before. So we got Wade, Garney, Koblish, um, and all the rest. So, um, and then the uh, the troops are like Captain America here, and he he's just he jumps off the motorcycle. He's hitting them all, you know, full force. Guns are flying, and Sharon looks mad. You know, you know that look that Sharon has when she's mad. Yeah, yeah. she looks mad. Yeah, yeah, she she seems to be mad a lot. Um, my sentiments exactly. What are, and um, so the kid gets the taser, and he's like. American Democratic pig, and he fires it. Um, and Cap puts his shield up, and it's it is, it looks like a big, big ray. Uh, and it's Zach hitting the shield. And so she goes and she hits the kid. She's that's Captain America Democratic pig to you later, punk. Count on it. And so she jumps on the motorcycle with him, and she says, To finish my sentence, what are you doing here? Tried finding you in Moldavia, Sharon. You're not easy to track. I'm I'm warmed by the glow of your gratitude. Kill them, kill them, and they're firing at him as they're flying, getting away on the motorcycle, and they're out in the streets. Thanks for nothing. Who asked you to barge in? You know how long it took me to sting X12 out of the shadows. You tanked my entire plan, which involved which didn't involve having the entire Tapquai militia crawl out of every corner of Yankee Town just to gun us down. Of course not. How far do you think we can get out of Kawasaki? You're headed right for the water. I know. This is a motorcycle. I know. And you can see them like zipping through the streets, and they are. They're heading to her pier right uh, to go in the water. She says, well, good. As long as we have that cleared up. And sure enough, they're... They're jumping right off the uh, the pier into the water, a huge splash, and and uh, the, those following them come to the end of the pier and like gone. But where could they? And you see in the shadows some some hands untying some things under the water, and then up on a on a huge like wave runner, 
uh, Cap's, they, they shoot out of the water and Cap's driving and Karen, Sharon on the back. She's like, oh. Had this tied down and hidden for a quick getaway. It won't carry us home, but we can at least get out of the city. And they sure enough, they do. And they've gotten to um, the outskirts. And, and that's it for the fuel. The rest we do on foot and fast. It's only a matter of time before X-12 sends choppers after us. Thanks again to your grandstand play. You know, last time we parted, you were seething because I didn't come find you. This time I did. Doesn't that count for something? Under the circumstances? No. I assume we're on an agenda. I'm with you, after all. We're meeting someone. I set up a rendezvous in case we needed it. And they're running through the, um, the wetlands here. Care to tell me who? It's only about 15 or 20 miles. A jog. Let's go. Were you? No, I wasn't going to sell the coin. It was bait, pure and simple. Okay? Were you in Yankee Town long? That was my question. I never thought you'd sell my secrets. Well, then, you just know me inside and out, don't you? You shouldn't have come back for me. You've ruined a perfect record. And then she falls into the mud. And uh, he keeps running. I've never seen any country quite like Tapquai. The elected officials are puppets of the military, who are themselves pawns of the intelligence community headed by X-12. Even among prodigies, the kid is brilliant and dangerous, wouldn't you say? Sharon? He turns around, and he sees her in the mud, and she's like, "Uh uh-uh. Sharon, get a hold of yourself. Sharon, what's wrong? What are you doing? Just reminiscing. She smacks his hand away. You want to know more? Fine. Follow me. And she starts running, and um, they're coming up on a, on, a, on a base. What are we doing here? You wondered why I was in Tapquai. I was trying to take out X-12. He goes, Tapquai's government topples like a domino. The resultant social reform affects the release of X-12's political prisoners. Dissidents originally from the neighboring countries sentenced to work the rice paddies for no appreciable crime. It's an old story. They labor their way to starvation while their guards grow fat and lazy. So there basically is a, it's a political prison camp. So Cap and her start walking towards, towards it. And there's a, a guard. He's like, holy Joe. And there's no cutting the red tape to get them home. Not so long as X-12's regime is in power. Yankee, Wow. You bring jeans, apple pies? Wow. Hence the hellhole. And so she just comes up and punches the, the guy whose guard was talking to him. Come on inside. Only if you cut to the chase, Sharon. X-12 has surely mobilized his army by now. I appreciate the tragedy, but we haven't time for a tour. What's so important inside? And he grabs her shoulder. And I like this this art here, too, because they're, they're now on the um, on the porch, and there's an overhang. And you can see the shadows on, on their faces. I like this. Yeah, it's a thatched, right? It's like a, a thatched roof. And so there's sunlight, you know, uh, through the slats. And, uh, and you see that shadow pattern. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it is cool. She says, it's important, Steve. It's home. And she walks inside. So he follows her. And, it, and it's, you know, again, a detention camp. Didn't know that, did you? I spent eight months here. A long cold winter, and a scorching summer. 
right after being cut loose by S.H.I.E.L.D. Security wasn't as lax back then, of course. What did you do to escape? Don't ask questions if you don't want to hear the answers. And it's run down now, and there's nothing but, like, mosquitoes everywhere. And she opens up a very small room. This was my cell. As inhumane as it was, it eventually became, well, comforting in a perverse way. It was my sanctuary from all the pawing guards, from the other prisoners who never stopped begging me for strength and comfort, from everybody who wanted a piece of me. Maybe, maybe I belong here. I don't know. As screwed up as it was, it was the only stable place I've had since the S.H.I.E.L.D. days. The only place that's been mine. That's why I'm in Tapquai. And Steve doesn't, he's not having any of it. He grabs her by the shoulders and he's yelling at her. No, this is not real. Reality is out there over the next rise. Sanctuary is a myth. The only true sanctuary you have, and he taps her forehead, is in here. Thank you, Dr. Brothers. Come on, let's roll. So they, they start running out. She said, so you understand the trickle-down theory? Only once X-12 gets whacked or ousted do the local guerrilla fighters have a window of opportunity. And only in that window does anyone have a prayer of freeing these... Steve? Steve, where are you? And Cap never left with her. He didn't run with her. Instead, he's freeing all the prisoners with, and he's cutting their chains with their shield. All right, you're the last one. Now, follow me to freedom. And they're all, you know, um, malnourished and half naked. Rogers, are you nuts? These men aren't, aren't up for a march. They're so fried, they don't even remember what freedom is, what home is. They remember. We all remember. And, he's, and they, start, they all start running among the rice paddies. It's a long, it's a long way to the border, Scoutmaster. X-12's army is probably on the way, and our troops are mighty weak. Can we make it? And all of a sudden, you start hearing machine fire, machine guns, bracka, 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 just, just going, and, and the sky's lighting up and explosions. And, um, and there it is. There's the army, X-12's army. And there's helicopters, and there's jeeps, and there's a tank, guys firing. Cap says to her, I don't see why not. Rendezvous I set up is right over that horizon. You have to keep these men moving towards it. Meanwhile, I'll hold off the army. And Cap turns to fight. And so she does. She tells all the the uh, the escapees to, to follow her. She's like, you heard the man. Go, go. I don't know what we're looking for, but... And they come over the over the rise, and, and up in the sky is, is the helicarrier. And she says, oi. Don't be afraid. It's the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. They're the good guys, relatively speaking. Tractor beam will take you up. Go. Move it. This is all on the shoulders of one man. The only thing between us and Armageddon is Captain America. And then we get to the, we turn the page, and it's one of Ron Garney's double page splashes again. And uh, it's, it's a, a killer image. Yeah, I mean, and, I, whoever owns this is one lucky dude. Oh, stop it, Bob. <laughs> All right. So for the listeners who don't know from the, you know, if you run the Facebook page, you probably saw this, but I was fortunate enough. 
a couple of weeks ago to get this art, this double page art from another collector. And uh, it's I've never owned a Ron Garney published piece before. So this is my first one. And man, let me tell you, this is an amazing, amazing double page splash. Two pages next to each other, making this one huge image of Captain America fighting uh, through an army, right? And there's two helicopters and there's Jeeps and there's all these soldiers and they're firing. And again, the way, the way that um, uh, Ron drew this uh, was, was again, shadow on the face, but the, but the, the um, star on his chest, you know, is just uh, as Ron put uh, a, a blazon. Um, and, uh, and, the way Ron um, described it, which was really cool because he, he, he was like, this is one of his favorite pieces that he's ever drawn. Just the, just the depth of uh, the depth of the piece, Rick, uh, you know, it, uh, you can almost reach into it as a battle scene. You can almost reach from, from the front of the fight to, uh, to the back of the fight, man, across uh, time and space. It's so cool. It really is. And, and the way, um, so Ron in our, in the last episode, um, quote he said that's one of my favorite pieces of work yeah and doing that was a real opportunity i felt a visual opportunity to really create a feeling of the character that i saw thought he should represent personally i wanted to just be the absolute essence of him it was always shot underneath as if you're a little kid looking up at him and a star was big and emblazoned across his chest he was larger than life his chin is up he's just so indefatigable he's facing off against these ridiculous odds and I wanted to feel like the courage in him is represented in the visual graphic, where it was not so much his facial personality, his identity, but his inner identity. Everything that you would hope Captain America as an entity unto itself would represent. Yeah, man, that's it, man. And you know what? There's lots of there's lots to like about this double splash, but my uh, I think my favorite, other than the, the star being just sort of emblazoned front and center, you know, reaching out. Yeah, are those are those two uh, boots at the top? Because it almost looks like you you that, that. Oh scene, yeah, that scene is like a split second after that guy just got bamboozled, and yeah. he's flying back, you know, toward the camera, up above and over uh, the point of view. I love that. That's a good point. Out, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at this, and I really never gave that much thought. That's really cool. And and that's the thing about art, right? Like uh, so many people see different things. Yeah. Um. So, uh, then we get uh, um, shields now coming in uh, with some jet or, jet fighter pl- uh, planes, and they're they're taking out the soldiers as well. Cap, this is Shield. We're about ten seconds away from an official international incident. We have to pull out now. So Cap's running, and uh, they're sharing next to the tractor beam. All refugees accounted for, Sarge. I've count two more. You and me. Let's go. Go? Me? Go where? Helicare is no sanctuary for me. I'm technically an outlaw, remember? Shield and I parted company. I don't want anything to do with them. They're not happy about it. Any of this sound familiar to it? Go. But not without a little something that's yours. The coin? Fake. What am, what am I, insane to flash it around? Real one's here. She pulls a, out of her a secret compartment on her boot. Listen, thanks for the memories, okay? She hands him the coin. You won't come? 
Nope. They're regrouping. Even Sharon Carter can't take out an army. Not unarmed. I'll be okay. So she pulled X-12's uh, taser. Uh, so she, she's got that. I guess this is it then. For now. I have a feeling our paths will cross again someday. And he puts his arms on her shoulders again. And they're very close. And she says, you really came back, didn't you? And it looks like um, they're going in for a kiss, but their eyes are closed. They're reaching in. But then they, they kind of stop and look at each other. And Sharon does feels like, I guess, the, the best thing to do right now is she gives him a salute. And then Cap goes into the, uh, the tractor beam. And as he's being beamed up, he's looking down at her and he salutes back. The end. I'm not going to ask you about those salutes, Bob, because I don't want to take away from the moment. Yeah, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't bring me, don't, uh, don't bring me down. So, Bob, that was it. That was uh, Man Without the Country, Man Without a Country, and then um, the uh, then the the last issue, um, which wrapped everything up of of Wade and Garney's run. And um, you know, I. I remember when this run came out in 1996 and I was so excited um, uh, because it was, you know, a, a real shot in the arm, right? I mean, it, you know, it was time for a, a different look, a different feel, different. Um, and, and this was, I don't know, it was, it was great. And now that I, I'm going back and looking at it, I understand why. I mean, I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't read this probably in, in the 25 years it's been out. And, uh, and it was great, great going back through this again with you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun, man. It was a, it's a good story. And uh, I don't know, man, you know, uh, it's, it's good to read, but I got to tell you, Rick, your voices make it come alive. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I put my Dr. Doom. Oh my God, that yeah. was bad. Uh, could, I, I, I really should practice these things he ahead needs, of time. He needs to I really have a should. little bit of an accent, I think. He does. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know, off the cuff, not bad. Uh, uh, and, yeah. uh, it, you know, it was serviceable. So, uh, yeah, fun story, good story. Spoiler alert, uh, this wasn't the end of Captain America. There were other volumes, so. And, uh, and Sharon and he got back together again. <laughs> and she works for S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, so... Uh, yeah, so I but I don't want to ruin it for anybody the suspense, but but uh, but it's a great way to end uh, end the volume. Yeah, and 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 thanks, Bob, because uh, I I try to go for serviceable. Hot <laughs> 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 praise, hot praise. Uh, all right, well, listen, um, everybody, come back uh, next episode forty one, uh, which will be coming out. Uh, on Wednesday, July 17th, and we will cover United States of Captain America number one. So we are looking forward to that. We've got uh, more guests lined up. Um, we've got one, two, three, three, three or four more guests lined up. Um, so they, they keep coming in. And, and uh, as part of a little thank you we do for um, those who are patrons, we let them know ahead of time who those guests are and they can um, uh, submit a question. So, uh, We'll, we'll do that um, for our next guest. Uh, oh, you know what? We already, yeah. All right. Yeah. We got some questions for that. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep everybody informed, but uh, again, go check out 
uh, CaptainAmericaComicBookFans.com. Check out the, uh, the Facebook group. Please review, subscribe, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing your feedback, folks. All right. Yeah. And send those questions in. We want to do that Q&A episode. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think we got to have, uh, I don't know, we have, we're going to have to put our heads together on this, Rick, but I think maybe we need to have some, uh, some, some token prizes maybe for a couple of categories of questions. You know, Ooh, best, okay. best question, uh, most off the wall question, maybe, I don't know, something. All right. All right. Let's put our heads together. Yeah. All right, Bob, as always, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. It's been a ball, Rick. It's been a ball. Let's do this again real soon. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Mm-hmm.